Hi, welcome to Rock Bottom to Recovery Podcast, uh, the number two. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. It's Rock Bottom, number two to recovery. Um, this is season two, episode one. We can call this... Um, season two. High, see, but the episode... Episode one. That's what we can call it. The episode could be Genius. called uh, Higher Power. The Higher Power, we yeah. Can, we can start off with uh, with a boom and a bang. <clears throat> So a boom and a bang. Yeah, so I am I am pumped uh, going off of uh, four hours sleep, but I have the nutritional um, lord on my side pushing me through this, oh, okay. along with the uh, threat of disappointing Bill Farrell and Zach. <sighs> Who are you? Uh, I am Shane Johnson. I'm sorry, I I uh, let that one go, but I am Shane Johnson. <laughs> I am someone in uh, long term recovery. Uh, my sobriety dates nine twenty eight two thousand and ten. At the end of this month, I'll have seven years uh, sober um, through the grace of God and one day at a time, and I am truly grateful for that. You want another uh, interesting fact? That's also my birthday. It is. Ah, <laughs> we are wow. connected. That is Zach on the microphone. Uh, so everyone Zach make sure to wish him a happy birthday on 928. Yeah, and uh, Shane, a happy sober day. Yeah, not 2010 because then you won't be able to say happy birthday to him. <laughs> My name is uh, Bill Farrell, and uh, September of 1987 is when I got uh, sober. So I'm coming up on 30 years, baby. You notice? Wait a minute. I pat. Wait, what's today's date? It's the 6th. Oh, so tomorrow. You that's know, crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. I never even thought of that. You know, the thing I noticed is a lot of people get sober in September, September, October. Well, cause it's it's because it's after summer. Yeah, because you, you can... You know, skate by by living on the streets during the summer. I did. Yeah. And then September came, and I felt that first chill. And I'm sleeping in the back of a truck, and I'm like, yeah, no, I need to get clean. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Nothing like a good chill Tap out. to make you want to get sober, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it. Uh, we hope uh, – thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we hope that um, everybody had a good summer, a safe summer. Um, again, we're going to kick off our um, – little second season to uh, Rock Bottom to Recovery podcast. Uh, for you guys that are listening, we are Facebook Live, and so we have a Facebook page. You can go there and you can uh, watch these videos that um, we're actually shooting right now. Um, Shane, you just want to, um, before we get started, maybe just kind of read. I, I actually yes. pulled these, these stats off today. They're actually worse than I thought they were as far as, um, you know, how many people we've lost in 2016. Yeah, it's it's staggering. Um, uh, So it says here about 64,000 Americans died from drug overdoses last year, a staggering 22% increase from the 52,404 in 2015. According to the first government estimate of drug deaths in 2016, over 2,000 in Massachusetts alone. Um, uh, Before I go on, I will say one of those 2,000 happened to be my best friend on, um, on Father's Day. He, uh, we were close friends for, for 10 years, um, very close friends, and, and I watched him struggle in and out of uh, recovery. So, um, you know, if, uh, if anything, um, pray for his family and, and pray for his grandparents and his son and the people that he left behind um, because he was a good man. Um, but it's uh, when you die, it, you know, your pain's over, um, but the pain still exists with the people that loved you and stayed close to you. So it also says overdoses now kill more Americans than HIV did at its peak in 1995, far more than the guns or cars today. 
The numbers released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are provisional and will be updated monthly according to the agency. Fueling the rise in deaths is fentanyl, a synthetic opioid 100 times more potent than morphine and fentanyl analogs, or slight tweaks on fentanyl molecule. This has not always been the case. The drivers of the opioid crisis have changed from prescription painkillers to heroin and then to fentanyl. The epidemic is straining the capacity of morgues, emergency services, hospitals, foster care systems. And and that is absolutely true because a lot of grandparents (coughs) nowadays are raising children that they shouldn't be. Largely because of prevalent drug use and overdoses, the number of children in foster care nationwide increased by 30,000 between 2012 and 2015. Good news, Bulldogs care. Sarah, what is this? So that, um, you know, the good news is, obviously, that's bad news that we got. This is the good news. And this is, I just wanted to share the good news because, um, so uh, we, um, one of the things that I do is I belong to uh, Hobart Cares. You know that if you've uh, listened in on the podcast. Um, Hobart Cares uh, discusses uh, what we can do about the drug epidemic in the area, in our community. So we meet the first Tuesday of every month. So we met last night um, at the uh, Holbrook Town Hall, 7 p.m., first Tuesday of every month. And um, obviously, all are welcome. And um, and from the Holbrook Cares, we uh, have a drop-in center, um, which is at the Brookville uh, Baptist Church. And um, they meet the second Monday of every month, 6 to 8 p.m., the Brookville Baptist. But you can get all that information on the Hobart Cares Facebook page. So go and check it out, like it. Um, but that drop-in center is an opportunity for uh, people um, struggling um, or family members to come in and access some uh, resources. Um, and um, they have, uh, we have uh, all kinds of resources. And NACAN training is one of them, um, some clinicians. Um, we have um, 12-step um programs there too um, just resources to come in so come and check it out but the reason I put that on there was because as we had our uh, Hobart Cares meeting last night um, it was chaired by Bulldogs Care and what that is is uh, a bunch of uh, uh, young ladies um, Sarah Ryan, Amanda West, Rachel Cohen, Haley Manning and Isabel O'Connor have started a coalition these are high school girls um, who are going to battle addiction. Um, so I was just kind of blown away. They actually chaired the meeting. They spoke about what they're doing, uh, what they're going to do. Um, they've been tackling the um, tobacco issue, um, and they're going to be moving on to addiction in general. So um, <clears throat> it was just incredible to see these young ladies making a difference. It's it's actually, when we started Hober Cares, um, it was one of the things that we wanted to do is educate the youth. And one of the girls, Isabel, was talking how um, three years ago when she was a sixth grader, um, Hobart Cares, me and uh, Pam Veda went in to speak to these kids. Pam is amazing, by the way. Yeah. And uh, we just um, obviously had an impact on her. Um, The police officer that spoke also had an impact on her. And so um, my point is we went in and we really didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, We were learning as we go. And um, Bulldog, uh, Bulldog's Care is a result of that. Um, a bunch of um, high school kids, and uh, there's going to be more joining them that are also going to be helping to um, educate and bring awareness to their peers. And you know that um, I could say something to a young person, and it doesn't really have the impact on it. 
as someone who is the same age who might tell him the same thing. So uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled. I was a, I was just blown away listening to this speak. They were just phenomenal, and I'm very, very excited for our community. And so whenever you see the Bulldogs uh, care sign, whatever it is going on, come on out and support them. Um, you know, they're going to do amazing things in this community, positive things, which is exactly what we're looking to do. So um, tonight or today, we're here to talk about the higher power. So I'm not, I'm not distracted. I'm just trying to share this. Um, I am having uh, social media technical difficulties. Okay. So I shared it on my page. I couldn't share it on rock bottom to recovery, but I will share it on there next time. And it will be live on that page as well. Yes, we are going to talk about the higher power. I love the concept of the higher power. Uh, I am not telling anyone how to choose their path of recovery, but that was my path of recovery. Um, uh, a funny story how uh, how how it all came about, how where I first started finding the higher power. Um, my eyes are up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry about that. So, uh, the the... The way I found uh, my higher power, uh, I had been sitting in a, a treatment center and um, in Massachusetts, and I had called a friend, and I was sick, and I told her that, uh, I told her, I'm like, oh, look, I, I, everyone in this treatment center keeps telling me that I need to find a higher power, and I need to find God, and all this stuff, and I'm like, I don't really know what to believe in. I don't think I believe in it, and mind you, I'm, I'm two weeks sober after the first time in 10 years. And uh, I'm sick and, and I'm sweating. And she goes, I know, I understand. She goes, but all you have to do is she's like, and all, all you should try is go, go when, when we get out of this car and you go back in there, all you say is whatever you are, whoever you are, I need help. And it became my mantra. I went in and I started praying. And it was probably 18 times a day I would say this. I would, I would go in there. I would use it for everything. I'm like, whatever you are, whoever you are, I need help. I need help in this room. I need help. I need help coming off these meds. I need help. I need help. I need help. Um, and, and that was my understanding of God at the time. That was my understanding of a high power. That was what I latched onto. And I can remember getting into the Gavin house. And I'm sitting outside. And... Um, Actually, uh, uh, just before I get to the Gavin house, I thought uh, my landlord my landlord had locked me out, and I thought he had thrown away my daughter's baby blankets. It's all I wanted when I got clean. I, I just wanted her baby blankets. And, uh, and I remember sitting outside his house waiting for him to get hit there because he had called me, and he goes, look, I didn't throw your stuff away. They're still there. And I remember wanting to cry. I was just so grateful. And um, I remember sitting outside, and I heard a bird chirp. And I literally could not stop listening to this bird. And I thought to myself, like, when was the last time you stopped to even hear something like that, mm. to appreciate it? And and it kind of, like, my mind was just like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe, like, how much I've ignored the small things in life, let alone the big things, like my daughter and, and my responsibilities and some man. So I get to the Gavin house, and uh, I'm standing outside waiting for the bus, and I go to throw... I throw this piece of trash away, and it misses the barrel, and, and I was notorious for littering. And I remember it landing over the barrel, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my mind went, you have no clue how much you affect the lives around you by, by doing stuff like that. And I started collecting trash in my pocket until, like, if I was at a store, I'm collecting the trash. Any trash I had on me, I kept in my pocket until I could get to a barrel. And um, 
granted, I, I have littered not like very maliciously or, or a lot, but mm. I've made mistakes. But I think for two years straight, there was nothing that ever like hit the ground <laughs> intentionally. But it, it connected me to God because yeah. I started seeing, <clears throat> I could hear God like talking to me. And like I thought I was crazy. But it was it, it literally opened my eyes when I was at the Gavin House, and it had changed so much about my concept of like understanding that it's not all about me, and that there's a a, a bigger being out there, or just a bigger message. And um, I started listening to the the positive voice in my head instead of the negative one that said like, hey, like you know, it's sunny out, it's rainy out, like we should go get a you know a bag of heroin or go drink or go do this. And um, like I say, a year, a day at a time. Um, because of those moments and because of that beginning prayer, this September uh, 28th, I'll have seven years in recovery. That's awesome. Was it God immediately or was it was it something else? It was just something it was, bigger. No, no, no. I've always had a fundamental idea of God because my mother used to have us pray. And yeah. my, my first prayer was like, I remember saying to my mother, like, I remember praying, right? And it was that now I lay me down to sleep pray, yeah. prayer. And um, But then I'd say, God, can you please help me fly like Superman. I was obsessed with Superman. And uh <laughs> but so I always use the term God. Yeah. Uh I know other people are uncomfortable with using the term God, but uh that was what I used. I didn't I look like now I I'm, I consider myself Christian, a uh, very flawed Christian. Um I do not like push my agenda on anyone, but that didn't even come until I was four and a half years sober. Yeah. Uh because that's just the the progression of my recovery. I wasn't ready to hear certain things, and I wasn't ready to believe in certain things, and I was very close-minded, and it takes time. So if you're going through these struggles, understand that no one is pressuring you to under, like to have my concept or have Bill's concept of a higher power. We're just suggesting that you find a higher power because of the positive things that we've seen in our own right. lives that have changed. I, I wouldn't sit on this microphone with you know, having this hanging off my mouth and go, hey, like, I'm just trying to dupe you into believing in God because whether you do or not, I do. And it's it's changing my life. Right. And it's changing Bill's life. So, Well, I think, too, I, I mean, yeah, I've talked to a lot of people, and I think the whole um, concept of the higher power, I, I you know, I, I went on and I looked because I was kind of curious because you know my story. I, I didn't connect into a higher power, so to speak, until, I mean, until um, I was 38. So I kind of got, I just got sober and I have no idea how I, how I actually did it, how I was able to stay sober because I did it in the Marine Corps. And that's, I mean, like, you know, you just, you work hard, you play hard. It's what they did. It's what we did. But that was also why I was getting in all the trouble that I was getting in. And I kind of knew I had to quit. And I had a, you know, my family is a big AA family, my father, my uncles and everything. So, so I, I also had some type of, um, um, insight into it, but I mean, to, you know, I, um, you know, as far as God, we went to church. My, me and my brothers went to church, but you know, we always get into trouble and everything. So yeah, I was a holiday Christian growing yeah. up. Yeah, Christmas, I mean, a lot of us are. But, yeah, <laughs> but but I didn't come into it until later on in life, which you know we're gonna actually talk about very shortly. But, um, you know. Uh, people are like some people are like oh I, my higher power I get out when I'm out in nature or you know yeah. they um, you know the sun rising or music or something like that somebody has something and I think and I kind of looked it up and obviously it's a twelve step program um, 
and that term was coined in it's according to this in the 1930s um, alcohol uh, anonymous um, and and the idea I think was to um, from what I could understand was to um, really um, get people to begin to like whatever you were carrying whatever you were doing is to kind of just pass that off you know to something greater than yourself like you, you know it's a it's a control thing yeah you know and last thing we want to do is give up control yeah. you know um and i thought about this and i know it was in uh, when i was reading surrendering because that's huge yeah. in aa it's a step right at some yeah. point you have to surrender yeah and and i think that that was one of the things for me. I didn't want to surrender. First of all, Marines don't surrender. We fall back and regroup. I just got to put that out there. Um, surrendering was a sign of weakness. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I, again, like Shane was saying, uh, we're not telling you, um, you know, you have to have a higher power. I just know, like, I know so many people that are very successful in their recovery. And they will always, always go back to their higher power um, or they'll link it to it. And I'm not saying that you can't be successful in your recovery. Um, but, I mean, you know, a lot of people like it's my higher power. At the end of the day, it's my higher power. It's getting down on my knees. It's praying to something bigger than greater than myself to help me through. Um, and it works because there's millions of people. So, um, you know... I, I'm blown away at sometimes, like, um, you know, people, um, it was just not too long ago that we were trying to find a bed. I wasn't. The ladies from Hobart Care were trying to find a bed for somebody, and they um, they couldn't find one. They did find one, but it was, uh, I think it was Teen Challenge. It was, um, you know, Teen Challenge is very rooted in Jesus, and yeah. and the guy wouldn't go. Yeah, It wouldn't go just for that fact, and it, it that just kind of blows my mind because... You know, you would rather, you know, be on the streets and 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 not take advantage of anything and everything that is possibly going to help you in your recovery. Well, it, listen, uh, I th I think one of the major issues that we have, uh, and this is not to knock any sect or anything like that, but like a lot of the scandals in the early two thousands, late nineties, like it 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 hurt a Absolutely. lot of belief and. Uh, the way society is going now, it's, it, you know, we teach our children less and less about God. Look, like, if you don't want to teach your, your children about Christ, that is your prerogative. But to teach your children about a positive being uh, with positive consequences um, that come from being a positive person is an amazing tool. Uh, you can also teach them about consequences that come from being a negative person in society because they do come. My my sponsor used to say, he said, you could do whatever you want in sobriety. You just have to be be willing to pay the consequences. Remove the term sobriety. You could do whatever you want in life, but you have to be willing to pay the consequences. And I prefer to live my life feeling like there's someone watching over my shoulder that will teach me lessons in life like a, like a parent will. Um, if, if I am, you know, if I'm not being humble, if I, if I'm not trying to humble myself, if I'm trying to make it all about me, if I'm trying to live as if like, there's no consequences in life, because that is just a delusion that I, I used to have. Um, so whatever you want to call your higher power, understand that it is and whatever you want to teach your children about, about a higher power, it doesn't have to be negative. 
It doesn't have to be this controlling thing. Uh, th listen, like, there's enough control in my daughter's life where I'm like, no, you can't have more snacks or, uh, you know, y you you want this cell phone, you better start, like, you know, stop quitting in soccer. You know, my, my daughter right now, it, it is so difficult to get her to continuously run in soccer that I feel like going out there and tripping her sometimes. <laughs> but I do not instill the fear of God into my daughter. Uh, I instill, instill the, the, the love of God into my daughter. I like prayer is a is a, a positive weapon for me and her. Yeah. She reminds me to pray. I remind her to pray. I, and we pray for positive things. She doesn't have an idea of a, of a fear in God. I'll let her understand those things later on in life when she's able. To, I'm I'm not going to raise my daughter like that. Um, great story is the other the other day I was at Life Community Church with my daughter, and um, we're watching a baptism. And she's like, I want to go sit with the kids. So. There, we're outside actually at the baptism and there's this, the, the way the seating is outside is like this. She's at this corner, I'm at this corner and I'm watching her the entire time and um, and she's fixated on it. I could not get her to pay attention when she was sitting next to me. But she's over there and the other kids are playing and my daughter is fixated on on these men and women getting baptized at Life Community Church. And that's the church that I attend. I love the church. Uh, whatever you choose for a church, uh, that's amazing. This is my church, and it speaks to my heart. So I'm watching her, and I'm like, on the way there, I was thinking to myself, like, man, like, I would love to see her get baptized. I wonder if she would even be interested in getting baptized. And um, so she's watching, and I'm watching her, and all of a sudden she comes over to me, and she's like, Daddy, like, how do I get baptized? Uh, and I, I, lived, I wanted to cry. Yeah. Like, because I, I was just like, man, like, this is, like, I, I, I could feel, I could feel it. I could feel the energy. I could yeah. feel God. And I'm like, man, like, he spoke to her. Yeah. Like, and, and so, uh, you know, we're going to set something up and, and get her baptized. And, um, but the great thing is, is life is going to have her go through, like, some, a little course. Yeah. So she understands, even at 10 years old. So she understands, like, what she's doing. Um, because I tell you, I got baptized two years ago with my best friend and I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, even though life gave me like a sheet and they spoke with me, like I was so nervous because I was too afraid of what everyone else thought about me when I was doing it. Isn't that funny? That, uh, I literally like, I think I like blacked out <laughs> that day. <laughs> just like. Sure I, you weren't underwater oh for that too God, long? My anxiety <laughs> so, put me out. Um, that's but, funny. Yeah, uh, it, it's an amazing experience to go through with my daughter. But like I say, it took me four and a half years to get where I'm at. Yeah. Someone might go four and a half years and, and find that Buddhism is that they're their focus of a higher power. I do not hey, knock that. I say whatever, whatever um, grounds you, you know, whatever keeps yeah. you on the right track, whatever keeps you um, in a positive uh, mindset. I'll share like, um, so um, like I said, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't. Um, connect into a say a higher power or anything along those lines until um, like the age of 38 and I was literally at the set of lights right outside each camp here and uh, and my life was good my life was fine I was working family's healthy but I just felt like something was missing and I didn't know what it was um, I'd been going to church because you know my wife was making me and yeah I got to keep her happy and um, so um, but that but that, asked that that question in my head kind of started me on a journey and, uh, and led me to this um, Alpha course, which we're going to be kicking off um, Thursday, September 14th, right at um, 
St. Charles Hall, which is the hall below St. Joe's, which is one of the reasons we're talking about the higher what power is, tonight. What is an Alpha course? The Alpha course is a, um, it's a, um, an opportunity to explore faith from a Christian perspective. It's not church and it's not religion. It's just an opportunity to um, kind of ask those deeper questions of life. Um, like, is there more to life than this? Um, you know, why do um, bad things happen to good people and all this suffering in the world? I mean, you know, um, it's kind of the, the course that I took and kind of got me like, asking those questions and, and I started to get the answers and it literally changed my perspective. Um, and, uh, it was just fantastic. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I grew up Catholic. You know, I remember walking into the course and I was like, oh, what's the catch? And look at all these holy rollers. Uh, but I kind of decided to stay. And at the end I was, was not disappointed and I haven't been disappointed since. So, and we've been running this course uh, for almost probably 18 years. And it started in England. It's um, over 300 million people have taken it. Um, it's in 169 countries. I always uh, mention Bear Grylls, who is the uh, guy that does the TV show Running yeah, Wild. If he's listening or if he ever comes across this, we'd yeah, like love you to on, have the him on the show. Minus you drinking your own urine or yeah. anything like that. Like, we'd love to have Bear Grylls on the show. Google them. We're, maybe, we're running out of maybe time. Maybe have them bring in a while. <laughs> but, no, what I was going to ask, I wasn't holding, like, hey, five minutes left. It was, if we have to go beyond five minutes, because this is a great topic. Yeah. And, and But Bear's Grill is a British uh, SAS special ops. He took the Alpha course, said it was the, um, the greatest adventure he's ever done. And, um, you know, I... I um, one of the reasons this time around we were reaching out to the, the people in recovery um, about this course is because of people's connection to a higher power and what the higher power has um, uh, impacted their lives. And so, um, you know, I talked to people and I said, listen, if you ever wondered if your higher power had a name, come and check out the course. You know, I mean, it's free. Um, you get food. Um, we watch a video, it runs about maybe pretty, 30 minutes and then you have a group food. discussion if you want to talk and, um, and that's it. And, um, you know, so, um, that was one of the reasons we wanted to address the higher power because on rock bottom to recovery, uh, we want to cover every, um, um, you know, road to recovery, whether it's for you, whether it's against you, but we want to make sure that, uh, we're trying to cover as much as possible. So, um, I'll tell you, um, um, as far like where you're saying like we want to cover every road. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was thinking about going to church at four and a half years sober. I had just like gotten into a blowout with my roommate, and my roommate was like, "Man, like he's Catholic." Yeah. Now, you know Matt. Matt. Lenz. Oh yeah. So know, Matt's Maddie. like, "Man, like, he's like, you're doing this wrong. Like, you, where are you focusing at?" And I'm like, "It doesn't matter what I'm focusing on. Why don't you focus on you?" <laughs> and um. Oh, where was I going with the story? Um, oh, now I forget where I was going with the story. So e e either way, it, it, I remember someone coming up to me one time, and like they were, they were, they were like, "Look, Shane, like if you if you don't want to believe in like he's like if you don't want to believe in in Christ as a spirit, he's like understand that he's still one of the greatest teachers of all time." Yeah, that's and, true. And that that thing is like if you open the Bible, like whatever version of the Bible you want to read. Understand that, like, there is great educational lessons in life. 
towards relationships, towards love, how to treat your neighbor, how to treat your mother, how to honor thy father like thy father, right. thy mother parents. like thy mother. Yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember being so resentful at my parents, and like I, I and you are killing us right now. Um, <laughs> that was a phone call. Shelly Murphy was calling me. Yes. I'll call you back, Shelly, if we're friends on Facebook. I don't know if we are, but you know. So, so I, I'll, so I remember, you know. Learning that, I was resentful because I'm like, my parents aren't being friendly to me. And I remember hearing a priest tell me, he's like, they're not supposed to be they're your parents. You're yeah. supposed to honor them. That's deep. Like, and and my, my ego was like, they need to honor me and my greatness. I remember calling my mother up, <laughs> telling her, like, I'm selling cocaine and I have a pocket. I have, like, three grand cash in my pocket. She goes... <laughs> Don't call me back until you're done selling drugs, you little. And she went off. <laughs> and I hung the phone up, and I'm like, what is her problem? Like, I got my life together. This is the lady that told me to go get a job at 14 years old, like made me stop playing basketball in the street and go get a job. And uh, I did. I sold cocaine, and, like, she wasn't even proud of it. <laughs> but I did not honor her because that was one of the things that she never wanted to see me do. Right. I don't think any parent, no parent does, I, I don't I think. I wish I remember the Matt Lentz. Oh, my God. Let me, it'll I'll, come to it'll you. It'll come to me. It'll come but, to me. But, um, you know, so that, that was one of the things that, again, that we just wanted to talk kind of about the higher power and everything. And, again, not to say that, you know, you have to have the higher power. Uh, but this course, again, Thursday, next Thursday, September 14th, right up the street, um, 6.30 to 8 p.m. We'll get you right out at 8 p.m is uh, the first um, topic of the uh, night is, is there more to life than this? And it, which I thought was amazing because that's the exact same question I had asked um, at those set of lights. And, you know, and, and I walk in and that's the first topic. And so I was like, well, and if okay. You, if you're struggling, like, uh, you know, what does this life have to offer me? Yeah. Should maybe flip that around and see what you have to offer to life. Right. Volunteer work helps. Service work helps. Right. Uh, but you know what? I think you does it all. You have to um, before you can even begin to serve others. You have to know that you have a purpose in this life. Yeah. And and a lot of people, you know, we walk around and we just there's we don't feel ourselves. You know, like there's no self worth or I mean, it's just. But there is. There is more to life than this, and and there is a purpose. And uh, you know, if you're struggling. You know, take advantage of any and every single opportunity that might you get get you back on the road of recovery. And, and that's all this is. This is just an opportunity. If you don't believe or whatever it is, bring those questions. Nobody's going to, like, attack you. That's not what this is about. We want those questions. We've had people from who have come in with no affiliation, no belief, to priests, nurses, um, nuns, and... Um, you know, it's just an amazing course. You know, when when the group discussion starts, it's just it's absolutely amazing. And um, and I just think your sobriety, your recovery is worth any and every opportunity that that comes your way. So, um, you know, again, um, the that first night we we are inviting. We invited a lot of people. We just you know come out, check it out, see if it's for you. If it is, come the following week. If it isn't, roll out and uh, we'll. You know, we'll see Regardless, you Regardless, we will be here with more topics. I, more I do want to tell you, because I, I do share this story from time to time. So, like, the people always, uh, I've always heard people go, oh, yeah, even when you weren't with God, he was always with you, mm -hmm. right? And you mentioned this uh, voice, you know, that voice. Yeah. I hear that voice all the time, you know, like the devil and the angel and everything. And I've shared this story um, 
because I, I was doing construction. We were actually building the um, uh, the, the seaport, um, no, what was it, the uh, convention center hotel. And uh, I was working with this guy, and he walked by me, and his name happened to be Billy. And uh, I said, Billy, what's up? And he goes, not much. <clears throat> we just passed. And I heard this voice in my head that said, turn around and tell him he looks good. And I was thinking, I'm not telling some guy he looks good on a construction. I'm not telling a guy he looks good. So I just kept walking. And then there's the voice again. Turn around and tell him he looks good. And, uh, and it got so loud and it was so clear that I stopped and I turned around. And I go, Billy. And uh, he turns around and I go, you're looking good, man. And he was just like, just kind of nodding, you know, and went about business. And then I just went about my day. Never gave it a second thought. Didn't even really know, like, the, what's the voice? I don't know. Uh, either a day or two days later, he came up to me and he said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, um, say thank you. And I go, for what? And he's like, you know, the other day when you told me I was looking good. So now I'm kind of like, well, all right, you know, a little hesitant. And he said, no, no. He said, um, I was getting ready to leave the job. I was getting ready to go and use. And he said, and my daughter, um, he, you know, he was staying clean and soap for his daughter. And at that moment, the daughter wasn't going to do it for him. And he was getting ready to roll out. And, and, you know, at the time, I was just like, all right, cool. And I kind of went about. And then later on, you know, as I kind of, you know, got uh, back into my faith and everything, I would hear people talking about this voice that spoke to them or told them <coughs> to do something or something crazy like that. And then I just remembered, I heard that voice. And if I had chose not to say anything to him that day, he might have left and he might have used. But, you know, um, I think God's great like this because um, – I didn't, see, like, I just, we went about our business, and I didn't see him, and I always wondered if he was doing well, and uh, I was down at my buddy's house, um, it was like the 4th of July weekend a few years ago, and everybody's out barbecuing out on the street and everything, we're heading down to the beach, and I look, and I see him, and uh, I kind of looked, and we recognized each other, and I said, hey, what's up, and the first thing he said was, I'm still sober, and then he pointed to his daughter, who was like probably 11 at the time. He goes, that's my daughter right there. Like, I didn't say anything to him. I, he doesn't even know that story. But he goes, that's my daughter right there. She doesn't want anything to do with me because she's 11 years old. So, But I just thought that was really cool to see that. So you just reminded me of that when you know, were telling that and story. And if you so. pray and, and find God and you're a guy, he might tell you to hit on a man too. Yeah, he might. You never but know. That, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that, that honestly, that that's one of those stories that uh, my friends always say: it is it odd or is it God? Like, yeah. you're either gonna say it's odd or it's God doing that work for you. And it's hey, at the end of the day, it kept um, it kept Billy uh, clean and sober. And can I so. say that you always look good with your hats? Thanks, brother. You like that? Make my glasses. Let me Billy. put on my glasses. And just for anybody that's listening to the iPod, I just put on my wife's reading glasses. Yes, and he has a habit of taking his wife's reading glasses. So if she is driving or needs those glasses, understand that Bill took them, and he is continuously taking them. And I have called him out, but he just keeps bulldozing. I gotta see. Forward. I gotta see what I'm doing. So, um, so I guess what are we um, we, we want to wrap this up. We're wrapping up uh, episode one. Uh, Beginning of season two. Season two, yeah. We and have uh, some. Ge- I have to really get on the emails. Yeah. But uh, we, we do I'm have going some guests. To be more prepared. I'm going to actually have stuff like this. This is bills, but I'm <laughs> going to have stuff like this. Um, I started my new job as a plumbing apprentice, which is amazing. And Shane used to um, clean windows. Use high. I still Up high. Will. A thirty-story. Uh, 
I actually did a 30-story building like five weeks ago, and I dropped a tool from 30 stories up oh, and man. almost hit someone. That's not cool. Um, Which is now to... why he's doing plumbing. Yes, I'm on the ground. So, so uh, I, yeah, uh, Bill, I honestly, um, I love you and Zach. You oh, guys man. do an unbelievable job. Uh, the motivation that comes from both of you, it feels like an accountability group, and it makes me want to keep showing up because I am passionate about this. And uh Last season, I was going to get into stuff that I didn't get into, but I promise you I will get into stuff this season because uh, the truth needs to be told. Um, yeah. And I need to uh, bring certain things out into the light. So um, we will touch on that. We will touch on a lot of stuff, and we will have some amazing guests. And uh, just yeah, we thank are the have production a crew for – I kept going like this because I was told to look at that camera, not this camera. Um, so the we production crew going. has called us out, so we are going to do this from now on. I'm going to have my right eye up here, my left eye down there, and it will look weird. Yeah, it will. Um, and um, so, you know, I think it's important that, again, rock bottom to recovery, like us, share us, tell people about it, uh, because we are going to have um, different guests, and we've already have. You can go back and you can check out our podcast on iTunes Google and Play. listen. You can Google. We've you can already also, had. You can also message the page. Uh, we, which yeah. Is awesome. Yeah, and that's the other thing is um, Shane used to have a number, but nobody called it. No. Um, so we're scrapping that number. If you have a question or anything, you know what? Just um, uh, message us. Uh, we'll we'll get back to you as soon as we can. But we have had some amazing guests, um, like a gentleman. Uh, what was his name that called in from? He skyped in from uh, Florida. Oh, oh, Adam uh, Jasinski. Jasinski. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was, he was just great. On Recovery Magazine. So, um, what was it? Uh, was it Egan's? Uh, Shannon, Shannon Egan, Egan yeah, was she uh, is just amazing. But across yeah. the nation right now for recovery. So, and she um, was like, a, she's a perfect example of why we're doing this show because, um, like, um, Shannon had pointed out because of her religious upbringing, twelve uh, step program. Um, you know, reminded her. Off, that, yeah. yeah, threw her off, and so her recovery is on a different path but um, just as important and in um, positive and so and that's what we want to do we want to have all different people from all walks of life coming in um, telling us um, all about their recovery and how we can um, also uh, be a part of the recovery and and just um, and what, what we'll do is this well let's end it with this because I, I, I just got to give the Bulldog uh, Cares group a shout out we're doing this because we want to educate and we want to bring awareness. And that also follows us, too. Like, we want to educate ourselves and we want to bring awareness. So um, what works for you, we want to hear about it. And, um, you know, sometimes you do this and you look at these numbers that Shane mentioned at the beginning. Um, and it's uh, disheartening and it's discouraging. And sometimes you don't feel like you're making a, a um, any um, uh, positive impact. But... You know, to listen to the, the girls from Bulldog Care speak and knowing that when we went to talk to them three years ago, it had an impact on them. And that was kind of the start of something. That's exactly what we want to do. Planting seeds. Planting seeds. And now they're up and they're out and rolling. The Bulldog Cares uh, Coalition. I'm going to say their names again because I'm just completely uh, um, in awe and uh, impressed by them. Sarah Ryan, Amanda West, Rachel uh, Cohen, Haley Manning, and Isabel O'Connor. They're out there. They're doing work, and they're going to get more people in there. So, you know, um, give them a shout-out. If you know them, tell them uh, good work and keep up um, the good work. And, um, and I'm Shane Johnson. And I'm Bill Farrell, and this is Rock Bottom to Recovery Season 2. And thank you for joining in. Message us. Tell us what works for you. Tell us what doesn't work for you. And... We're out. Bye, guys. Bye.